Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we shuffle up the sideshows and deal out the circus in Scout. Next up, we neatly navigate neighborly needs in Between Two Cities. And lastly, we present personalities from past and present, one card at a time in Image. I'm your host, Celeste Angeles, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Hi, guys. And Mike Grenier. I'm glad to see all my friends and fans. <laughs> wow, yes, Mike. Mike. All right. <laughs> when did you get a vocoder? I just got it today. It's actually a, a whole uh, voice imaging, or uh, sorry, voice changing program. Mm. And uh, magic cords. There's the vocoder part. That's like that is awesome. On the free sample. Now you have the magic cords. <laughs> I have vocal the magic cords. cords. Yeah. <laughs> Doing our next episode completely in vocoder. In weird voices. Oh my god. Yeah. In auto tuning. I'll sing it. I'll sing yeah. the whole thing. No problem. <laughs> our first game up this week is Scout, designed by Kay Cagino, published by Oink Games. Number of players two to five, ages nine and up. Playtime, 20 minutes. All right, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box is all about the colors. Bright yellow, bright orange against the contrast of intense purple to form the image of uh, what looks like a circus tent, I think. (laughs) Inside, you're going to find 45 cards, 23 scout chips, 5 scout and show chips, 30 score chips and a first player marker. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if our scouts find the, found this game intriguing, <laughs> Evan, <laughs> MC some rules for us. Scout is a ladder climbing card game in which all cards have two potential values. You're dealt a hand of cards and you get to choose which direction is up and those will become the cards you play. Cards are numbered 1 through 10, but here's the rub. You can never rearrange your hand of cards. Always keep your cards in their original order. Very important. On a turn, a player takes one of two actions. Play, and that's when a player chooses one or more adjacent cards in their hand and plays it. Now, if they're playing more than one card, then the cards must be the same number or a straight from low to high, like 5, 6, or 8, 9. Other than the first player of a turn, in order for the next person to play cards, they have to beat the cards that were played before them. The other action they can take is scout. And that's when a player takes a card from either end of the set currently on the table, and then they get to place that anywhere they wish in their hand in either orientation. So you can turn it one way or the other, whatever best suits you. Whoever played this previous set receives a victory point token as a reward for playing a set that wasn't beaten. Once per round, a player can scout and then immediately play. You get one of those tokens per round. When a player has emptied their hands of cards or all but one player have scouted instead of playing, the round ends. Players receive a victory point for each face-down card, then subtract one point for each card in their hand. Negative points, Mikey. Boo. Yep. Play as many rounds as the number of players, and whoever has the most points wins and becomes chief scout. Chief Scout? Oh, it's official, yes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> no, no, it's a badge, right? Is it? I don't know. 
I didn't realize that was a real thing. <laughs> I, I thought it was Scout Master. Scout. <laughs> well, that's a whole different that, game, that's, right? that's a, no, you need that to. That would be, yeah, a Boy Scouts theme, but this is a circus <laughs> yeah. theme. Yeah, uh-huh, circus. Uh-huh. The circus, circus is in town. A bright orange and purple circus theme. What yeah. did we think of the look? Uh, very mm. high contrast, yeah. <laughs> striking. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Strikingly high contrast, yes. I mean, I didn't really, it seemed a little pasted on to me. <laughs> I mean, it's you know? a distinctive look, but yeah, Mike, I thought it was kind of color-wise, mm. like color for the sake of color. Not... Yeah, I was trying to catch your attention, but didn't really give me the circus vibe. <laughs> it also didn't, I thought the colors didn't gel that well together. It's like a, sort of a purple and a blue and a turquoise and a green Oh, and the cards a yellow oh, and yeah, an yeah. orange together, you know, for the for the different mm. cards. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's different combinations. What based on the is it the numbers themselves? I mean, there are come some variations to those color assortment assortments and pairings. Mm. Um, yeah, but it, uh, I think the coloring you know, does kind of follow like a rainbow in a way, where like a one, on the low end you have your your purples and your blues, and the high end mm, are your, your your yellows <laughs> and reds. To the ultra, was it? Yeah, ultra red. Yeah, it's just the shades and tones they chose were not like particularly attractive or anything. Yeah, you like can't that, call it that. cute. No, you, you know just, it's uh, yeah. something else going on there. Plus, it wasn't that contrasty either, really. Like, no, the, the box was contrasty, but the cards weren't. Yeah, yeah. There's like this turquoisey color, kind of, or like a yeah. darker than that, and then next to kind of like a pea green. And yeah. I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't very striking on the cards. It looked kind of. Super. And most of your victory points or scout tokens are they're all in that purple color. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do yeah. kind of look nice in a way. The purple and orange go together well. I think that the rest of them. Yeah, I almost wish that they had done the same with the cards, like just kept it super high contrast. Yeah. And instead, you're right, it's muddy, it's, it's mm-hmm. mushy, and the colors kind of mush together. Yeah. But but the colors don't really mean anything, right? It's all about the numbers. Yeah. Well, the colors are, you know, all the ones are the same color, so it just helps you to find the one easier. What I'm saying is the fact that these colors may not have, you know, been sort of, you know, ideal or aesthetically pleasing uh, or anything. It really didn't have anything to do with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. no, not really. Yeah. Right. As as also the icons under the numbers didn't have a lot to do with the name side. Like uh, didn't have a lot to do with the game either. Like the the little symbols that were about the circus, such as a trapeze mm-hmm. or, a, or a unicycle or something like that, a bicycle. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought those were meant to enhance what was going on with the theme, but they kind of didn't, they weren't very present. I, I think they're just a storytelling thing. Maybe. I don't know. It, it does seem like it's there for, sto- uh, for a story purpose, but it's it definitely not part of the rules of the game. Because I noticed every card has a name. Mm-hmm. A proper name, yeah, Vincent, and yep. on Adam the top Robert. there's a proper name. Yeah. Below the uh-huh. number there's a symbol like a cannon, a trampoline, a drum, yeah. a clown. Stilts. All right. of it not related to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if I don't know. They, they, sometimes when because this game was what designed by a Japanese company. Uh, yeah. uh, by Oink Games, uh, Oink Games, who's made some games that we've absolutely loved. So could there have been something lost in translation from the original to the, you know, Americanized or the English version? I don't know if that was part of why names and symbols sort of showed up the way they did. I don't know. 
Well, it's um, it's our my understanding that this game is a, is a reprint, and the first version of it did not have a circus theme, mm. so that uh-huh. this game could play without that. the theme of the circus. Well, it definitely now, could. Yeah, <laughs> this is the same company that produced uh, Deep Sea Adventure. Yes, one of our favorite games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game about the the little um, the sea. Oh, the uh, yeah, the grid. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, Town 66. Town 66. Yeah. So, the, and um, those are games where I thought the themes were really strongly present and useful um, in the game rules, in the rules and how they played, and it was integral. Although this one, I did not feel so much that that the theme was at all informing play. Right. Yeah, I agree. So that. you're so Ed, you're trying to build sets here, right? Oh, yeah. And how did that? How did that work? Do you oh. think it played in a nice pace? Yeah, it seems like a fairly quick playing game, and you, you have that. You're trying to get rid of all your cards, and because all the cards in your hand are negative points potentially if the game ends on you. But um, mm-hmm. there's that little bit of an incentive to scout because you can build a more impressive show for later. Because you know, if you build up an an epic enough show, maybe everybody else won't be able to play and you'll automatically win and they'll be stuck with all those negative points. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, gosh, yeah, if yes. you drop that hammer early enough, but if you collected a handful of eights and are reluctant to play them, man, you're going to have a sad time when the game ends before you can play mm. them. Right. So there's, there's, there's that balance. Like, yeah, do I build? No. Do I add more negative points to my hand with the hope that I'm going to be able to play the, the epic hand later? Or mm-hmm. do I just, no, I, just, I can get rid of cards. Let's get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, so I found myself purposely getting rid of some cards just to free up, like, the space to get other cards on the outside of them, sure. you know, together. Because you can't rearrange your hand. <laughs> I felt the whole time that tension of, like, wanting to just yeah. rearrange yeah, my hand. Yeah, I got hand. that five and a yeah. four, but if I can rid of those eights in the middle, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. <laughs> yeah, it might not be the strongest play at that time, but it could build up to something way better in the future if you do mm-hmm. that. So, Evan, what did you think of those scout tokens? Oh, yeah. So you get scout tokens, you know, because really you're going to be forced at certain points to scout in which you can't play your cards and beat the hand that's down in front of you because, of course, you have to play cards and beat it, but you don't have it. So you may want to pick up a card from either end of the cards that are played by the last player, but they're going to get a scout token as a little little reward for that and those are are of course victory points so part of the cards or your strategy for playing might be to say if i put down four cards four in a row or a four of a kind i might be able to expect to pick up a couple of scout card uh, scout points from uh, from making Mm -hmm. a play like that Mm -hmm. and so it works that when you play your a hand down on the table either the next person plays a higher hand or they scout. And if they scout, like basically take one of the cards that you put down, you're going to get points from each person that takes cards from the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really important to, you know, a, an important part of your scoring. Because if you're, that, like we were saying before, if you're just playing cards out of your hand fast instead of waiting for something big, you can accumulate a lot of little points while that's all going on. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, do you think seat position at the table matters based on who you're playing ne- near? <laughs> it always matters. It always matters. <laughs> well, yeah, like the style of the player before yeah. you and so forth. It could. It yeah. could matter, for sure. 
oh yeah, I'm, I'm an epic player, so I want to get the big hand and crash it down. But if I'm sitting <laughs> to the left of Ed, it might be good for me because he might be, you know, trying to get rid of his hand, nickel and diming it out as fast as he can. So yeah, sitting to the left of Ed in this case, first case ever, probably it was pretty good. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like sitting next to you was not super useful for me. And, and I was, <laughs> I, I found myself with limited options most mm. of the time. And I didn't like, I didn't like having, um, you know, so, such limited choices. That's what it felt like to me while mm. I was playing. My choices were too limited. So, um, Ed, you think there's a lot of luck of the draw here? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could, you know, happen dance yourself right into having a bunch of cards next to each other. They're perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah like first game i think what was it evan you had like a three of a kind just sitting in your hand like yes you i remember game. that yeah i was like what did somebody not shuffle these cards <laughs> uh well <laughs> don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> i mean it can happen even with numbers what is it one through ten or something like that um mm-hmm. you know you could you could start with three of the same card next to each other you know it well, don't forget, you're really dealt two hands, and you yeah. choose whichever one is best with one set of cards, which yeah. I like I like that yeah, mechanic, I think that feature. Clever, being able to oh, reverse yeah. the hand and, and, and each card having two numbers on it. So when you dr- scout mm-hmm. the card, you might be, you no, know, maybe Mikey played it as a one, but you know what? I'm going to flip that around and turn that into a seven, because that's perfect mm-hmm. for me. That was uh, clever. Yeah. yeah you, you had to play the ones that you had the way they were, but you got to choose how to place your scouted card. Mm-hmm. That w- that was a kind of cool mechanic. I will I will yeah. give them that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give them credit. Like as far as much as we've said about the look of the game and the theme not really being super strong, these mechanics are really elegant and nice. Like I thought that was a really strong part of this game. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury scout. Evan. Scout is easy to learn, easy to play, and like Ed said, definitely involves some luck. And there are some other games kind of like it, but I felt that Scout was just different enough that it stood on its own. So I'm going to dig it up. Mike? There was a bunch of luck of the draw to contend with in this game, but I totally enjoyed the challenge of trying to make lemonade from oranges. (laughs) So I'll dig it up. I like that. Ed? I like card games just in general. And this Spiel nominee offers a really nice, quick playing (laughs) shedding game that I just want to seek out and play it again. So I'm going to dig it up. For me, theme means a lot. And this one just didn't gel for me. I do enjoy card games, but this one didn't quite capture my imagination enough for me to want to go back. So I will bury it. Are you scouting for card games? Let us know. We want to know your favorite card games out there. We are at Which Game First on all social media. Hey, guys, what's going on with Which Game First? Monday night, Which Game First owns the night. Yes, because (laughs) we play a board game live online and we stream it out to the world. Monday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern time in the United States, and we want to invite you to join us because it's not only just watching us learn how to play the game that we're going to eventually review on an upcoming episode of Which Game First, but we also interact with you, questions, banter back and forth, trivia. It is most certainly an interactive experience, and we want you to join us every Monday night for it. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, we've been working hard on getting some products out there into the world via Roll20. We're going to have a couple of them that are just ready to kick the doors down. We're just putting the polish on them. So when we get those out there, I want you guys to go take a look at them because they're going to be awesome. Very cool. Yeah, they might even be out by the time we release this episode. It yeah. is under Which Game First. If you're Roll20 users, check it out there. Just type in Which Game First in the marketplace. And we want to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much. Thank we you. love you guys. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, if you want to be a patron of this show, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. It's only $3 a month and it gives you access to our every other week patron-only podcast called Bonus Bonus Points, Points. (laughs) Uh, which we record live on Monday nights. And uh, if you are a patron, you can also join us live for that recording and chat with us while we actually record it. If you miss that, you can still catch it in your feed later on. There's also, for our patrons, a few Witch Game first full episodes from way back when and the only way to get them is to be a patron of our show thanks again patrons and thanks Thanks everybody everybody. for listening thank Thank you. you all thank you our next game up this week is between two cities designed by matthew o'malley and ben rossett published by stonemeyer games in 2022 number of players one to seven ages 14 and up Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, what's in the box? The cover of the box finds us observing highly skilled surveyors atop a grassy hill, peering down on a burgeoning town and making plans for its future with some amazing three-dimensional maps. Inside, we find 129 building tiles, 24 duplex tiles, seven city tokens, seven landscape mats, a score pad, seven district cards and three tiles 20 plus automa solo components mm-hmm. and two separate rule books one for the multiplayer and one for solo play Ooh. and that's what's in the box well before we tell you if it was the best of games or the worst of games <laughs> get it Good between one. two cities Tell us a tale of Two Cities Rules. Nice. (laughs) Between Two Cities. It's a tableau building tile drafting game where the object is to design two cities that yield the most victory points, but your final score is the city with the lesser victory point value. Ooh, we love games like that. (laughs) Essentially, it's a set collection game where the strategic placement of the sets of tiles, tiles will yield the most victory points. For example... You want to have all your park tiles orthogonally arranged to score the most points. And you want your shop cards to appear in a row, also for maximum points. And then there are the civic tiles, which score points for being next to specific other types of tiles and penalties if they wind up next to less desirable tiles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a grid five by five. Five positions are already on your board, so you're going to be placing 20 tiles in each of those cities and working with and against your opponents at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Is it 20 tiles? Yeah, yeah, because it's 5 by 5 grid, Mm -hmm. so that's 25 spaces. But don't forget, your starting tableau is going to have spaces in which you're not going to be placing, or they're already, you know, 
pre-assigned, like with meadows or grass the, or the river land, or, what, or land, whatever. Uh, the land. But there are right, but there are some bridges that will connect some of the tiles that you place. But you wind up placing twenty tiles per city. Mm-hmm. Twenty of the twenty-five spaces. I, it didn't even feel like twenty tiles. It, it feel it felt <laughs> like it went by so fast. But but yeah. before we even get into that, Mike. Mm-hmm. Until I just want to say something about the box cover. Until you <laughs> here we go. Until you described what was happening on that box cover with 3D uh-huh. maps, uh-huh. I have seen this box cover several times. Right? While I was <laughs> yeah. I yeah. never ever realized that that woman who is wearing a white dress suit. Oh yeah, was yep, yep, yep. holding a map. I thought the <laughs> white map dress. was part of her coat. I and totally she, see that. And I was, she was holding up a pile of what model houses or something, <laughs> right? Like she was hiding them in her like cloak or something. I could see that yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. they should have had two different colors for sure. Yeah, but, like, she should have had thing, a different suit on. I mean, honestly, one thing I enjoy about like doing the what's in the box is that taking a moment to really understand what's going on on the cover because yeah. sometimes you just look at it quickly you don't think about it but in this case i'm like i did the same thing you did celeste i'm like wait a minute what oh that's oh, <laughs> what, the, what made me understand it was the other guy near her yes, right the right. forest map yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah and he so, was yeah. He, he, who has a the contrasting suit yeah. on unlike exactly. this exactly. white on white that this whole... down yeah yeah mm-hmm. i was but i love your little descriptions and i was i was looking forward to this one i'm like Oh man, I don't. How is he even going to describe this? <laughs> this <box cover>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely check out the box cover online if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now on to the game. Yes, it seemed to go by so fast. What did you oh. think of the look of the game itself? The components. I think the the components themselves are you know high quality. The nice sturdy tiles. They they have a nice art on each tile and. The colors are distinct enough between each of the tiles that you can tell the type are different from each other. And they mm-hmm. also use shape, too. So it's like one is a gear, one is a triangle, one is a rectangle. One category right. of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I liked I liked their use, their combination use of a painted building on each tile because you're placing that building mm-hmm. and an icon right on the building, but not in the way of the art, right? Very nicely, mm-hmm. cleverly placed icon in the upper left that describes what the building is, meaning what category it is, because you need yep. to mix and match your categories properly. Yeah. So the combination of the icon and the the picture of the building itself really told a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I thought that was neat and clean. It was kind of great, too, that they had a, a pretty big-sized cheat sheet next to you, too. So if you see the symbol right there on the board, you can reference the sheet next to you to tell exactly what that building scores on. Yes, I and I, yeah. th- we recently played Between Two Castles, Oof. which is by the same writers and uh, same designers. But in that case, uh, the iconography, I thought, was definitely... Oof. <laughs> messier right um, I mean, it definitely yeah, kind of all took a little uh, more effort it yeah. was definitely oh, yeah. it took a, quite a bit of effort it was sort of like a hidden hidden figure thing in each <laughs> yeah. on each tile it was like find the icon and what it means yeah, I, I will mean, say that the images on between two castles were very charming oh yeah but not nearly as clean yeah i think in between two castles too since we're bringing it up they had this 
whole mechanic of things being on different floors from each other. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you had to connect them by a <laughs> staircase, right. and like it was really hard to keep track of what was adjacent to what. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. <laughs> that was in, in a way it added a, a third dimension, not even having a third dimension. Totally. Did. Right. One could say right. a whole nother level. Yeah. Oh, it was on a whole nother level. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was. Took some thinking, and mm-hmm. I I brought it out for some uh, family friends mm-hmm. recently because I like that game a lot to Between Two Castles yeah. and it is not super newbie friendly no for no, that for that reason just just the abstractness or the logistics of placing mm-hmm. the tiles no if you had Between Two Cities though that probably would have been a better yes. yeah, introduction yeah, definitely Between Two Cities is more newbie friendly yes, yes. Yeah. it's much less tricky for placement mm-hmm. which placing I appreciate it yes. I appreciate it because it still had all the elements that were important from the other game between two castles, but yes. it was a lot more smooth and, and understandable just by a glance. But it has a map, right? A grid, mm-hmm. which the other game doesn't have. And this grid has a, 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 a what do you call this? Like a land? Yeah, terrain, a terrain obstacle. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about that? I, I think it's a neat way of making each city feel a little different. Like, yeah. Oh, this one is the, the lake city. Oh, that one is the one out in the, the mountain. Oh, this other mm-hmm. one is in the desert. Yeah, and, and the basic layout of where you can put tiles on them, I think, was the same, right? But no, I think they have different patterns as well. I think. It was, it was, yeah, I think it was similar. Like, it had the same amount of things you could place. No, no, it's just, it's uh, five yeah. bases exactly to take up. Yeah. Yep. But, but shaped yeah, differently. Obstacles, right. The obstacles were just in different places on the on mm-hmm. the different maps, which I thought yeah. was fun. And you can expand your city in any direction you want, as so long as you adhere to the 5x5 five five grid rule. But you can mm-hmm. make your tableau in the southwest corner or the northeast corner or, mm-hmm. you know, not even d- really decide until you have to really place that fifth tile that defines either a row or a column. Mm-hmm. So those are some nice options there. Yeah. That's except, definitely an important aspect. <laughs> except... Boy, you lock yourself in fast. You could, right? yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, I put two tiles down, and all of a sudden, Evan and I are like, Evan was one of my partners, and I think Mike mm-hmm. was my other one, because mm-hmm. you're building, you know, I'm building one city with Mike, one city with Evan, mm-hmm. and I'm pulling two tiles, and the tile that I sh- thought was a surefire placement for my city with Evan turned out <laughs> to be better mm-hmm. for me and Mike, or... Or basically, yeah. based on what Evan pulled or what Mike pulled, we ha- I had to switch it around. Mm-hmm. So it was tricky, and it got tricky fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long before you're shutting your options down. I was highly focused when, between me and Celeste City of leaving ourselves options because one of the one thing that can really ruin your score is putting your housing units next to factories. It just makes mm-hmm. your housing like very undesirable. So I was trying to leave it open so we'd have room to have space between those things. And the obstacles actually helped with that. It, yeah, and that's interesting. Yes, the obstacles can definitely help you in in blocking you know, blocking between putting a buffer between mm-hmm. one type and another type of um of city building that mm-hmm. doesn't want to be together. It, I thought it was a pretty good mix of where everything could go Mm -hmm. you know i thought it was it it was interesting what could give you bonuses what combos could give you bonuses and and that it was okay to have a maybe a a school next to a factory wasn't so bad or something like that you know yeah that was interesting Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's almost good to get some of those undesirable locations onto your board early if you're going to use them at all because then you can start planning what 
can and cannot go next to them. So, Evan, mm -hmm. you thought there was some negotiating to be done? <laughs> oh. Hell, that's, that's, that's the nature of games like this in which you're crafting two different areas and you're going to, and you, you're going to only score the lowest of the two scores. So there's it's kind of push and pull with the other players <laughs> mm -hmm. in a sense. I'm talking to Ed, Ed, we can use this towel over here, but Oh, Celeste, uh, maybe yeah. we can <laughs> use it maybe better over here. And Ed, we can get away this time with doing something a little less opt, you know, right, optimal. Right. Um, so you have to, you have to be able to convince, you know, yes. negotiate, yeah. Sort of a, a, a perhaps less than ideal placement on any given round with mm -hmm. exactly. One of the Mike two was not letting any of that fly with me. <laughs> no, if, if I tried to put a yeah. substandard maximize, tile. Maximize, maximize. Yeah, if I tried to put a substandard tile on my city with with Mike, he was like, "Oh no, we can do this better." We can do some, blah, blah, yeah. oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, man," but I got two cities here. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, it gives you this kind of false sense that this is a co-op, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I'm cooperating with your friend and your enemy. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah oh, I, I like the way the drafting goes. Where, no, you, there are three rounds of drafting. In the first one, you pass in one way. And then the second round, duplex tiles come out. Well, everybody <laughs> oh, was like, what oh, is this? And, Ed, yeah. oh. and, and in classic Ed style, <laughs> yeah. he neglected to mention that yeah. those were coming. So yeah. the next turn, we're like, what the heck are these? Uh -huh. Double So double mega tiles came out, and we were like, we didn't plan for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope, not at all. I was like sad when I saw that thing. It like, did not fit into my nice, I mean, neat, I knew symmetrical they were the city. I didn't even plan for it. I was like, oh, okay, this is the next step. Well, what am I going to do with this mm -hmm. now? And I was sweating it because I'm, I was thinking, oh my God, what's next? An L-shaped thing? It is like this going to be oh, three God. tiles and four tiles. And Ed is like, oh no, it's one round of double tile then you go back to singles i'm like yeah that's it's not even the first round it's like the second round right it's like middle so you're already round, started so like you're already started building your plan <laughs> yep. and they're like yep. uh what the a monkey wrench yeah <laughs> and then yeah, it goes can... right back to single tiles it was, yep. it was yeah, a weird thing it's very weird <laughs> it's weird uh, it it sped up the game a little bit obviously yeah. uh, two two at once so that helps mm -hmm. with time yeah and you know, it makes, fun. yeah, no, yeah. It, it does. It, it makes, yeah. you know, it just makes you think more. Yeah, yeah I, I did appreciate that challenge of it. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. wow, I got this. And, and and unlike the other one, because it has to be in a certain orientation, it really matters where it goes. Yeah, oh, for sure. It was, it was an interesting choice to make it in the second round too, because I think it was second or third round, right? Second round, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but not the first round because it'd be easy to place. Um, but, and too late in the game and you might not even have a place to get right. it. But in that second round, you definitely have somewhere to put it and it might be suboptimal. Mm. <laughs> 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 um, what was I? I, I had something else to say too on the, on the scoring. Just, I thought that like in a lot of games, you know, you see teams building their score and you kind of fight against it and it gets kind of exciting. This game, I think it was a little anticlimactic about how you just kind of want to build the cities as best you can. And at the end, see how the score shakes out. Cause it's yeah. really hard to keep track of all the different cities scores at once and see where you need to be to try to win. I, I don't think that's the intention. Perfect. Yeah. I don't, that's not yeah. the intention, right? I mean, it, yeah. it would be kind of boring if we all just stopped and checked scores every single round or something, or, or right. kept track of everybody's scores all the time. I yeah. mean, yes, you're, 
it, you could do that and then not be surprised, but you know, that well, would... I, I, no, but my contention though, is that, um, there's a certain excitement that builds in a game when you see like somebody pulling ahead and you can drag mm-hmm. them down and all that here, you just really don't know until the end. Mm. Well, we may, we, we played the game in person, but I wondered if we had this on board game arena. Oh, yeah. Oh, so the numbers associated. If you saw yeah. the numbers of where everybody's at, you'd be like, no, Evan, you got to sabotage the Celeste over here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Give me that tile. She doesn't Interesting. need that one. Right. Yeah. It but might in the end, it came out pretty close, I think. Oh, it I did. Think it was pretty close. Very yeah. close. Yeah. But I believe Evan pulled out the victory. If I by one it. by one point by one point by one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's about as tight as it gets. <laughs> yep. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury between two cities. Ed, I like these types of simultaneous drafting and building, and that need to collaborate to achieve greatness. So I'm gonna dig her up to break ground on a new city. Evan. Between Two Cities was easy to learn and easy to play. It's a good entry-level game to these games where lowest of the two is your score, that kind of mechanism. Mm -hmm. Very good artwork, decent replayability, very little downtime. All good. Dig it up. Mike? (laughs) When I first saw this, I had like a nervous flashback about when we played uh, Between (laughs) Two Castles. (laughs) My brain was not prepared for that. Um, But this one was a lot more streamlined, clean, and definitely more pleasant. Um, Not a fan of that kind of scoring in general, but I think this game actually needs it. It's kind of the heart of this one. Um, You know, despite any little problems I had with it, I had a lot of fun with it. So I'll dig it up. Well, yeah, it's definitely more streamlined than Between Two Castles, but I am actually a big fan of Between Two Castles, and I found this to be slightly less charming, but it made up for that with its faster pace. So Mm. I think it's good, clean, fun. Dig it up. Which tile-building game brings the architect out in you? We want to know. We are at which game first on all social media. And our last game up this week is Image. Design. Oh my God. It has a designer, Evan. Oh, oh my God. Des- <laughs> design. <Wait a> <laughs> yeah, designed by Henry Zwarsi. I'm going to go with Zwarsi. Published by 3M in 1971. Ooh. Number of players, two to six, ages nine and up. Playtime, one hour. That's a lot of box information for 1971. I am impressed. Yeah, 3M. All right, Mikey, tell us what else is on the box. The cover of the box shows the floating heads of several famous figures, such as Einstein, Cleopatra, Geronimo, and the Jowly Grill of Henry VIII, which dominated about half the real estate of the cover. <laughs> Inside, we find several cards representing times, places, statuses, activities, and letters of the alphabet. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry. Just... control your excitement. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, it also had a soft plastic board and a score pad, and that's what's in the box. Yeah, okay, soft plastic board, and by that you mean a mat. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, want to call it. In the board. form of Twister, like an yeah, old-fashioned that, yeah. Twister Twister's mat. the only way to describe that board. Yeah. 
You know, Evan, that I don't know if you've ever if you've had a twister game recently, but they don't make it with that anymore. So if you're a newer generation of twister players, it is just straight plastic. But when we were kids, it was that weird double sheet of plastic Mm. with the clear one over the colored one. And that's what this board is. Mm -hmm. It's like two layers of oddly meshed plastic. It was probably colored it with lead paint or something too. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat your twister board. Well, it was foldy, right? Like it was folded. Yes, it folded like up. It had yeah, seams like all over the place. Almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because well, it I never mean, laid this thing has no chance of ever laying perfectly flat again no. in its history. No. No, and I mean especially with that weird plastic that it's made out of with the double layer. But uh yeah, it must have been sitting folded in that box for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's 50 years old. It's 51 or 52 years old, this game. Oh, man. You want some quick instructions before we delve? Yes. Yeah, go, sure. go, go. Give us, wait, wait, wait. Before we tell you if this game's image holds up, Evan, spark our imagination <laughs> with the rules. Ouch. Image is Thanks. a. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I applaud you. Image is a trivia game where the players have a historical or fictional character in mind, and then they play cards which describes the person. The cards are in, well, categories. Place where they lived or were born, the time when they lived, their activities they performed, their status, which means like male, female, dead, alive, that kind of stuff. And as Mike was laughing about earlier, the first letter of their last name. So just... (laughs) Bunch of cards with letters on them. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you have to use that uh, letter to close the image, and it scores for the player who played the letter card. So Mm -hmm. what you want to do is try to, you got this person in mind, you put out, you pick up and play as many of the cards as possible, end it, cap it with that letter card, and uh, then explain to uh, the other players your... Well, your me- your methodology and how you arrived at that. Yeah. And the longer the strand of cards you can play, the higher your score is going to be. Yep. So players score points for the numbers of cards played on an image. And you may play a card on another player's image and thus possibly steal it. And an image can be challenged. I think we had a challenge, didn't we? And the player has no... And if the player has no one in mind, they uh, suffer a penalty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which would be the dumbest thing you could do I, I put all these things down but i don't know who this is first player to 1672 points wins no i made that oh, up God. that's not could oh, you imagine, imagine if that no. were the uh, oh, uh thing I, I i can't remember what the victory condition was for this game actually <laughs> and, I <can't>, <laughs> and i couldn't and i already packed it away so i couldn't pull the rules it's out, be so. the one with the most endurance to keep playing the game while yeah that's right quits in frustration whoever, oh my gosh whoever taps out last wins yeah it right. is actually it is actually An a numerical hour. score i believe yeah it's it a numerical is probably 100 or something because because there are numbers under the on the map Right? Mm -hmm. So the more cards you can add to an image, the more points you're going to get. Right. Four cards would get you two points. A fifth card would get you four points. A sixth card would get you seven points. Ten and twelve would be the maximum. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to the rules, (laughs) let's let's talk a little bit more about the look of the game. Classic 3M bookshelf game Mm -hmm. with an image on the back. Yep. Mike, why don't you tell us about this image? I mean, oh, on the back. Yeah. Oh, on the back of the box. Because yeah. because three M oh. deserves a back of the box description because they oh. always have 
a room where the mm-hmm. game is laid out with nobody in it. So why so, don't you tell us about this room? But yeah, some interesting so, artifacts. Yeah. Hey, you're putting me on the spot here, Celeste, but I can tell you there's plenty to say about this thing. <laughs> it's It's got a table that looks like it's in somebody's, like, expensive office room, maybe, or study? trophy room. Or study. study. Yeah, yeah, yeah study. or executive, yeah. right, desk. Yeah, there's, like, like, chairs with, like, red velvety-looking, like, you know classic chairs but this game looks so sloppy on top <laughs> half of this table it looks so out of place you're right the room uh, itself looks elegantly laid out and yeah. then there's this plastic game with the creases in it oh, oh yes <laughs> yeah. see the, even that, on the okay. box <laughs> the cre- i mean uh, there's a batman statue on the table it looks there's like a batman statue i mean napoleon is there staring is. down at the stain on it there's a yeah, there's, there's a, a bust of napoleon <laughs> yeah the bust of napoleon on top of the egyptian like um uh, yes uh, a what do you pyramid, call it? obelisk like a, yeah. yes yeah. obelisk right with yeah. napoleon on top with runes uh, on it and a picture yeah. of napoleon because they couldn't think of any other famous people i there's guess here several no, there's pictures, three of napoleon. pictures of napoleon yeah there's like this is napoleon's <laughs> office or something <laughs> they put this in <laughs> And that oh might be gosh. as much as we think that's a a, a uh, action figure of Batman on the desk with uh-huh, the game. Uh-huh. I think it might be Napoleon. Another yeah. Napoleon. <laughs> I think you're right. Napoleon was Batman. Oh, now it all makes sense. That makes sense. This is the Napoleon Museum, apparently. In all. <laughs> so. Okay. Oh my gosh. We're not even at the game yet. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the game. I love the color scheme. Navy blue walls Uh and and like burgundy chairs. Yeah. Burgundy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Ugly. Ugly. Fantastic. (laughs) And this creased plastic game sitting there. Woof. All right. Okay. (laughs) So can I I say something real quick? I'm just dying to say this. Like, the game's called Image, right? Image. Like, picture. There's no art in this box anywhere. That's like, right. Well, I mean, with the exception of the four clip arts yeah, that are on the single well, no, color the clip, clip art. There's clip art. There is clip art on the cards. Yeah, there's no images of people though. No, not at all. Nothing to inspire thought. Like if you look on the the card that's labeled letter, it, all it has to be is a letter, right? Because that's just the letter M. Yeah. You have to say like you know, Mal, you know, Mal, yeah. or no, whatever last name. But it's just a big block of red in the middle of the card, <laughs> with the letter that you actually need to use being on very small. Yeah, with there. the word letter. Yeah, on with the it. word as well, letter, as, as if you need to. It's just yeah. should have just been a big. What they're going yeah. for here? <laughs> yeah, I don't oh know. Oh my man. gosh, it, it's totally arranged wrong. Okay, yeah. the yeah. the category of the card is uh-huh. gigantic and in the center. Yeah. And what the card actually is, yeah. is tiny written in the corner. So, for example, you're choosing an activity card. Mm-hmm. It says activity. And That's then right. right in the corner, <laughs> yeah. it says government or head of state or yeah. army. Army. Uh, by the way, I don't know how those are activities. Activities. And then, <laughs> what, you and never then, armied before? You never <laughs> governmented? <laughs> <laughs> and I Come definitely on. never modern scienced. Yeah, yeah, right. Did you head of state? Right. So, <laughs> yeah. and but it's so stupid because the thing that should be in the center and big is the thing you're describing, right. the thing that the actual thing that the card is rather than mm-hmm. the category. So, yes, yeah. these are designed very backwards. Yeah. And the only one you could have four activities on one card, on one image they call them, I guess. Um, but you can only have like one or maybe two letters, depending on if you're doing first and last name or just last name. Yes, But you exactly. have to have letter on there. Everything else, they Random. can just have a color. It doesn't even need to 
you don't need to call it activity, you know. What and I mean? it's not required <laughs> to have. What do you guys think of the fact that you don't? You're not required to have all the categories or anything like that. You just have to have. Yeah. You can literally pick up any cards that are laying on the mat mm-hmm. and play them. And you got cards oh, yeah. in your hand, you can play. Yeah, uh, I That's, kind of thought well, that was kind of a lot of first player advantage there in a sense. That, oh, he, oh yeah, to pile all that good stuff there. Like, oh yeah, dead. I'm very useful. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, right. Dead, dead male. From Europe. Okay. Now. Well, much. I mean, you're supposed to replenish the board, and right. also, um, you'd have to be a complete idiot to leave a. A, oh. an image half done yeah oh god that's an yeah, option totally. i can't even believe that's an option that you could leave one half done like I you're think gonna it's more than uh, an option uh, i think it's an expectation I yeah think it is an really? expectation that, yeah. that people like do they that in order to get the, the highest points be... you're not gonna get no a, a 12, to 12 point, point image without it. having another round right right like, so you'd have to leave four or five points on the board and then just give yeah. the next guy the chance to get seven right. eight Grab nine it. and ten it it's might nuts. as well just say lose a turn and give your next player <laughs> yeah. a bonus and set up your next right yeah king, so, king king make the next player right i mean you don't even need any you don't even need the spaces seven ten and twelve because Nobody is leaving anything after the fourth card. No way. Like, they're going to slap down four cards, get their minimum points, and move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but, plus, but, but, there's but a lot of... You can get 12 if you let it come back to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It'll totally come back. If you wait. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I tried doing it on purpose just to test the limits of the game. Yeah, it was an obvious fail to do yeah, that. Of course. To leave stuff on the board. And six turn. players can play this game. Imagine having to oh, wait six yeah, five turns, turns to get back you. to you. This game t- what took way too long as it was oh. waiting for yeah. turns. I mean, another part of this game, too, is that you could straight up lie about somebody, like... If you don't think other people know, like, enough information about them. Well, I mean, you could challenge. And that yeah, meant, and literally but... it said in the rule book, you can use the encyclopedia. Yep. That's right. what it says. That's <laughs> yes, not, That's not, That's yes. not, not smartphones, but you can, but yeah. you That's can probably go, the best part. Well, everybody go to the has library. an encyclopedia, <laughs> encyclopedia in the house, right? Yeah. Call Uncle Jim, oh, who knows oh, everything. About- only in dignified yeah. homes where your Encyclopedia Britannica remains. <laughs> I noticed one interesting thing, too, is that you could stack things inside of each other in a way like um, if it was planet Earth and then Europe and then France and then, you know what I mean, and then Paris. You could have all four of those cards on the same thing. If yeah, they all totally could, be out yeah. at the same time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny. Um, my daughter, who is you know, quite young, a Gen Z, right? Mm-hmm. Cl- uh, clearly a Gen Z. Literally asked, she <laughs> said, you know, mom, I asked grandma the other day, mm-hmm. what did you do when you didn't know something or couldn't remember a song? Like you couldn't remember the name of a song <laughs> in your head? Because there wasn't, you know, there's no yeah. Google or anything. She was literally like, oh my God, what do you do? It'd be stuck there. And she said, you know, grandma said she would call people on the phone and ask them. And I'm like, hey, that's right. We used to just uh-huh. ask yep. people stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we would literally, like, when we couldn't remember, the first thing you'd do is start calling around yeah. or walking down the street, stopping yeah. people and asking them. Hopefully it was yeah. right. Before you had a smart friend, and now you have to have a Google smart friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That was that yeah. was funny, though, to be amazed. <laughs> yeah. Like, the horror of not being able to find something out right away. Yep. 
Oh, I have a question for the audience. Maybe somebody will throw an answer out there. I did Lestat as one of mine, and I used the cards both living and dead. <laughs> He's living dead, right? All right. Yeah, we want to hear if everybody hear thinks it. that. Because I think that got challenged, right? It did get challenged. Oh, I, I think challenged it, that thing. Yeah, and then it, but I got I got a yes vote from the rest of the players. Well, yeah, I mean it wasn't an official challenge. How the rule yeah, works yeah. is if you officially challenge and yeah, I lose the challenge, I'm like minus a hundred points or oh, something yeah. crazy. It's like some insane <laughs> penalty. It's, it's so punitive. Yeah, not, yeah, not even worth it. So I took a poll, kind of pre poll, because <laughs> because if a majority, hey, if a majority of the players agree, then. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, you know, felt it yeah. out a little before I officially made the challenge. This isn't also a challenge, but if I were to challenge, it would be right. Also known as cheating. Cheating. My integrity is totally This game deserves nothing better, Evan. Don't, don't even think twice about it. <laughs> All right. Wrap it up. Yep. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay, everybody. It's time to dig up or bury image. How about it, Mike? Ugh. From the board made from the same plastic as a 99 cent disposable tablecloth to the absurdly <laughs> loose rules. This game is a historic fail. Bury it. Wow. Dead. <laughs> You know, most 3M games feel dated, but they usually have a kind of charm <laughs> or strategy that give it that feeling of a classic. And I just didn't get any of that here. Yeah. It kind of feels incomplete. So I'm going to bury it. Evan. For a game called Image, it wasn't a good image. <laughs> it wasn't a good I could, look. <laughs> now, I could see this game reconfabulated for modern times. You know, you make cards with graphics that are appealing and, you know, other components or maybe some other rules. But that twister mat, I mean, good for floors, oh. terrible for tabletops. The game <laughs> had potential. It really just mixed, missed the mark. Bury it. I mean, they didn't even get the back of the box right on this one. <laughs> at, at least, usually, you can expect 3M to have something like a cool layout on the back. This looks like a slapdash, you know, half a museum. Very, very, very sloppy in every respect. Bury this nonsense. <laughs> All right. Uh... Who were some of the great persons of history that inspired you? <laughs> we want to know we are at which game first on all social media. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the exploring you're doing. Come and talk to us on social media. We want to know about the games you're playing right now. And if you have time, please leave us a like or a rating or a review anywhere where you get this podcast. It really helps others find the show. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, and happy gaming, explorers. Scout, scout, let it all out. I have scouted the best spot between the two cities. Take an image. <laughs> I can't wait to see you all again.